Exclusive Books Homebrew is a celebration of the diversity that is local writing, covering fresh perspectives on history, sharing never-told-before personal stories, challenging established views, and excavating the trough of political policy. Exclusive Books Homebrew. Not the same old story. Today's episode of Homebrew is presented by advocacy journalist and poet Lerato Sibanda. The book Remembering by Andile Hailisiwe is an invitation into a catharsis as she candidly revisits instances of her life that threatened to wreck her body and soul while imparting wisdom. It's an explicit account of growing up in the world of celebrity, of fame and fortune bidders who tried and tested Andile almost to the point of death. It testifies of how the South African media darling has had to wade through sexual abuse, betrayal, black magic jinxes, unrequited love and loss to emerge valiant. Welcome to the Homebrew Podcast, Andile. Please read us an extract from your memoir. Thank you so much, Lerato. I'm excited to do this. So I'll be reading from the book, Remembering, and I'm reading Remembering 23. Andile, harboring a rapist. Gusho Ushwa Ashri. People have often asked me why I'm such a reluctant celebrity. A lot of it has to do with my upbringing, the way that I was taught to carry myself, how to speak, when to speak, and when not to. This, and then you are thrust into the entertainment industry where people scrutinize everything you do and label it in a way that suits their purpose. I'm not a reluctant celebrity. I just love my life and personal space. I love my privacy and I've conducted my life in that way. Even when I date men, I never talk about who that person is. But then I find myself in a situation where I don't want my partner to feel that I'm hiding him. But I know that if he's not strong enough to deal with whatever backlash may occur, exposing him to the public could be detrimental, both to him and to our relationship. So my reluctance, even to be called a celebrity, has been because of this violation of privacy. In my case, it has happened so many times that I ended up having to sue people. For instance, one morning, South Africa had to wake up to the news that Andile Khalisiwi was harboring a rapist. That story was about my uncle who had been in a relationship with his partner for many, many years. She and I had never become friends until after I visited another of my uncles in prison. It was after my divorce and during my visit, I told him that I was living a solo life while repairing the damage I'd suffered from my previous relationship. He suggested that I should hang out with that uncle's wife because she and her friends had a very busy social life. I took that advice and started spending time with Mapule. She would invite me to parties and I became close to her and some of her friends. Every weekend we would party together because they were members of Stockfells. I got on particularly well with two of these friends and we would break away from the bigger group to be together. I believed a friend of a friend is a friend in common. 
So I did not realize that Mapule was becoming jealous until she called and told my new friend Murungwe to stop hanging out with me, saying she would not have known me if it wasn't for her. This made me withdraw from her. At the time, she and my uncle were also having marital problems. He can be obnoxious, loud, hilarious, and at times, very problematic. Although we had been estranged for two years, I got caught in the middle of their fights while I was in hospital in 2016. I received a call from my mother saying that this uncle had been arrested and had asked her to come and sign his release forms. Little did we know that we were putting ourselves in the line of trouble and that we should have stayed very clear. When my mother signed my uncle out, he asked about me and my mom told him I was in hospital. So he came to see me. At that point, the doctors had said my condition was inexplicable and they couldn't do anything more for me. My uncle was the one who told us my sickness was a result of witchcraft and took me to a traditional healer. After all his mistakes, he managed to redeem himself by helping me heal. While I was in hospital, however, he stayed at my house for two days and was using my car. I had asked him to drive it home from the hospital. Unfortunately, his wife, who was unaware that he had been let out of prison because she had stopped going to the court appearances to the case she had against him, and her friends spotted him driving my car. I had no idea that Mabule had got him arrested for allegedly raping her. She had also been waiting for a huge payout from his former employers. Then it came out in the media that I was harboring a rape suspect. Thank you so much, Angela. I love how in this book, yeah. remembering you bear it all. You're so candid and yeah. transparent, almost like you're coming out of the closet of misperceptions. And you speak to situations that have been in the tabloids where your name has been dragged. For instance, this allegation that you touched on in the extract that you've just read. Tell me, how has the response been so far from your fans and family? What sort of comments are you getting from them about this book and about speaking to all those scandals? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, it's kind of not shock because nobody was expecting a book. I didn't say anything even throughout the process of writing a book. Um, of course, I'd blame that to my mother that I was in the process of writing a book. So with her, it was, you know, how our parents are always protective and they fear, you know, the response from people, especially because this book is so vulnerable and so raw. But I wear my heart on my sleeve. These are my scars. This is my story. This is my journey. I have nothing to hide. And the comments from people who've bought the book are happy. They're healing themselves. person said to me, it was as if I was giving them permission to write their own story and live their, their own life and their own truth. Oh, wow. Honestly, this book also touched me deeply and also had me shook in the sense that your life, Andile, has been laden with trauma. But there are pleasant revelations as well. For example, I had no clue that you are a Bible school graduate. Like what? <laughs> what prompted you to open up, you know, about the spiritual gifts 
specifically and your journey all the way from going to Bible school until now? Well, it's it's the simple reason that when I do the work that I do, especially on one of my shows, Utando Nokolo, the, the way that I, I tackle these issues has often led my viewers to asking, okay, so where do you get all this wisdom? You know, how are you treating everybody's story as if it's your story? How are you able to take pain and, you know, help them in such a way that it's as if they're your family member or you know them personally? Well, a lot of the things I do in my life are not, you know, by chance or accident. Everything is aligned. And so my spiritual life is is my center. It's it's what makes me who I am. It's what gives me my wings. It's it's what sets me apart from the next female, from the next human. And I think, you know, your spiritual identity, um, to coin a term, is that thing that sets each one of us apart from each other because we all get born with spiritual gifts. It's whether or not you recognize them, validate them, use them, you know, and, 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 top of mind every day. So me talking about my spiritual life is also a myth buster because I wanted people to get that no matter how far you get in life, you, you always have a grounding, a center. All of us should have that. And so for me, my spirituality is also the reason I feel like I survived a lot of the darkness, you know, in the dark past in my life. And we are so glad that you survived. Thank you. I love how you open up the chapter of Meadowlands and start to reminisce about the songs that were being sung then, talk about the township ghost Vera. So tell me, which, which other aspects of growing up in Meadowlands do you wish you'd also covered? And do you still have a connection to Soweto today? Oh, you know, growing up is a trap. Now that I'm a grown woman, have my own home, my own life, my mom has moved out of Soweto, the matriarch of the family, my grandmother has passed on. I definitely still have relatives in Soweto. You know, my roots are there. Even now, after the looting, my partner and I drove to Soweto because I just wanted to see the damage, you know, and touch base with people in the fire mall where, where 10 or more people died. That's where you know, I shop amongst the Middlelands because I was born in Middlelands. Chablani Mall, you know, we have an apartment at Chablani Flats. I grew up, that's where I spent my teenage years, you know. So I definitely have my roots as a way to on a weekend when I'm free and I'm not doing anything, well, save for this uh, coronavirus and the restrictions, you'll always find me as a way to. And something that you ask me, what I wish I had written about my childhood in Midlands, maybe even the schools I went to in Midlands. I did touch on some of my friends, but also I think, you know, it's also as a result of my very sheltered life. As much as I grew up in Midlands, I was aware of my surroundings and everything that happened. I've always been a homebody. You know, I've always been that girl. You'll find me at home. I clean the house, do the laundry there, and, and I'm home. So it's that. I mean, uh, top of mind, besides maybe the schooling years, I think I covered enough of that journey. So to Midlands, that's my pride. It's my badge. My street smarts, I get from there. You know, I've got the book smarts as well as the street smarts. And a lot of that has to do with Soweto Midlands.
Sure. <laughs> that is so true. In the book, you write a couple of letters and spoken word pieces, which are a fusion of slang and formal language. What inspired you to use poetry to tell your story? So Naki uses a poetry. I did not even know that you call that poetry. Me, I just wrote words. It's <laughs> spoken word. <laughs> spoken word is poetry, sister. Yes, mama. <laughs> Um, there's there's people who do that for a living. They they are spoken word spoken word artists. You know they're poets. Uh-huh. I don't see myself that way. Uh-huh. I just I like words, and especially the piece yeah. at the end, which is almost a letter poem to victims. You know of of gender based violence and to men in general. That was just I like I loved that one. Yes, yes, I love that too. That was just inspired. Um, it was going towards the tail end of of the writing process. And as I I kept writing, I felt like this book should not just be about me, you know, retelling my life story, but also if you're a young girl, a young boy in a rural area in Limpopo, in KZN, in Kosaland, wherever it is, there should be things that you can take from this book if you find that you've just been raped that you can do immediately. Mm-hmm. things that can help you you know so that one in particular was about that and also reminding the victims and survivors of sexual rape to put themselves first to nurture themselves to take care of themselves to help themselves heal i actually would like to quote from one of those spoken word pieces you write god i tell you the most endangered species in my beloved south africa is a black woman Sure, that part hit me very hard because it's very insightful. In your opinion, what is the primary need of Black women in South Africa right now? To be left alone. (laughs) (laughs) Let me be. Let me be free. Uh Whatever length of skirt, let me show my cleavage if I want to. Let me be the president of this country if I wanted to. Let me somebody's wife with 10 kids if I want to. I am womb man. Do you know womb Uh man? There can't be you Mm -hmm. without me. So killing me is killing you. Um, What do women want in South Africa is to be seen, is for everybody to understand that a woman is a flower as well as hellfire. You know, you're a yes. healer, but also prick. You you are an explosion waiting to happen when the need arises. We have no need to be protected. Women need to be protected because men inflict things on women. Umundos Fazat is the sum total of existence. So doesn't need anything. Just like a man is allowed to be vertically, horizontally in any way, give woman the same latitude, allow her to be. Then you won't have to be saying, well, women, who's women? What's our politicians all the time? Our women, women don't belong. Nobody says our men. We are all equals. You know, so allow me to be me, stand next to you. You're a pilot. I can also be a pilot. You can check out the mine and, and find gold. I can do that too. You write somewhere that you still plan on wearing skimpy clothes and sipping pink drinks. So once the pandemic dies out, which beachfront do you plan on visiting? 
Oh my God. Zanzibari. I'm a Zanzibari. That is my playground. That's where, okay, the last time I was there, it felt not so safe anymore because people were recognizing me there. Yeah. And I was like, Ish, okay, I didn't want that. I just want to be a nobody, uh-huh. skimpy clothes, yeah. drinking, you know, pink drinks and playing in the water, you know. So definitely once the pandemic, and, and you know, Lerata, this question is such as somebody was asking me with the kind of uh, heavy content I do on my TV shows and this book, how do I debrief? My debrief is those kind of trips, you know, away somewhere with pink drinks, beautiful lobster, oysters, seafood, you know, the works. So I can't wait definitely for, for the lockdown restrictions to, to fall away or be eased or cancelled something so we can live again. This book, Remembering, is a must read because it's a story of resilience, of making peace with the pain of the past, of celebrating love and God, it's definitely a book that will leave you reeling with awe at the power of a woman's undying faith. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Homebrew. Do you have a question you'd like to ask our homebrew authors? Send us your question and you could win a 200 Rand exclusive books voucher if yours gets chosen. WhatsApp a voice note to 079-664-0465. That's 079-664-0465. Or email socialmedia at exclusivebooks.co.za. To find out who our upcoming authors are, just follow Exclusive Books on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. This homebrew podcast was produced by Jonathan Anser, Dan Dews and Lerato Sebanda for Exclusive Books. Books available in-store and online at exclusivebooks.co.za. Homebrew, not the same old story. Homebrew.